what a finish to that game what a fucking finish man so much to take away i don't care about the wins i don't care about the losses in preseason i just want to see development i just want to see guys out there how much they've improved what they've worked on this summer and really just interested to see the skill set of some of these young guys it is good to be home it's good to be home man it is really really good to be home Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Tonight, we're obviously going to talk about Cav Magic, right? How can we not after that game? Uh, they lost, obviously. Let's get that out of the way. Cavs lost by 108 to 105, I believe, to the Orlando Magic tonight. But who the fuck cares? We got to see some, some real growth tonight. We got to see some real shit. And that's what preseason is all about, man. You don't really, you, you have to take the wins and losses with a grain of salt because nobody's really looking for that. We're not looking to see if you're going to come out and dominate in the preseason. This isn't summer league where we're like, you know what? Let's see these guys uh, look good out here and win the summer league championship. Obviously, the Cavs were able to do that and we're very proud of them, but we don't care. We care about seeing these dudes play. We care about seeing the development. We care about seeing some of this young talent that we have. And man, did we see it tonight, especially in that final quarter with the likes of Amadi Bates. No better place to start than with Bates, who came in off the bench and contributed 12 points, four rebounds of steel. Uh, you know, went four of eight from uh from the field went three of six from the three point uh beyond the three-point line and one of one from uh the charity stripe in 12 minutes mind you this is just 12 minutes that this kid is is giving you that much uh giving you that much contributions and here's the thing let me just say this right off the bat everybody Everybody is feeling like it's only a matter of time before Amani climbs his way into this Cavs rotation. And that may very well be the case. I would be ecstatic, honestly, if that was the case. As much as I have said that, you know, Amani is going to begin the season in the G League, which I believe he still will. Again, this is preseason. We do have to take this shit with a, a, a grain of salt, right? We have to understand that this the, the kid is playing reserves. Uh, you have to understand that, for one, he's playing reserves. So that's the, that's the biggest thing out there. And you have to also understand that the rotation, as, as expansive really as it is, you can't necessarily just throw the kid out there and expect him to, to, to be – as excellent as he's been in these last two outings. Um, it's just not fair. And I don't want to put to that amount of pressure on him. So that's that's number one. Number two is that there are a lot of mouths to feed here. Uh, you, you talk about the likes of Isaac Okoro, who you know he would have to outplay. And Isaac had a really good game in game one. Wasn't necessarily the uh, same type of performance for Okoro out there tonight, but I still liked what I saw out of him. He's moving the ball very well. We got to see him handle yet again, still taking some two-point attempts. And um, I continue to look forward to the progress that he makes. But I think tonight was really all about the young talent on the roster. You know, it starts with faith and some of these reserves that we have. Uh, gotta say, man, I am, I'm a huge fan and I continue to be a huge fan of Craig Porter Jr. I am sold on that dude as a, as the point guard, the backup point guard of the future for the Cavs. Um, and that is no disrespect to, uh, Ty Jerome, who also looks really good. I gotta admit, Ty Jerome looks a hell of a lot better than I thought he would look coming into this system. 
Again, it's preseason, so it, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But he legitimately looks like he can be he can step in immediately and give us minutes at that backup guard spot. Uh, speaking of Jerome tonight, five points, three rebounds, six assists, went two or five from the field in just uh, 16 minutes of action tonight. And that is something that you obviously love to see because we really just don't need – not necessarily need. We don't know what we're going to – we don't know whether we're going to be getting Ricky Rubio back. So um, anything that Ty Jerome can give you off the bench, that's just great. We know the guy can shoot already coming from Golden State. He had, you know, He's had some productive seasons in the past when actually given minutes. Um, it remains to be seen whether or not he'll be included in the day one rotation because as things – uh, as things look right now, you already know what you're kind of working with, right? You have your primary five, which is obviously Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess is basically penciled in as the starter at the three. You have Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That's your five-man group right there. Karis LeVert is obviously going to be your sixth man. George Niang, we'll get to him in a minute. Awesome game from him again. Um, he is your seventh or eighth guy, and then Isaac Okoro is obviously going to get his run. So there's your eight right there, and that to me right there, that's that's very solid already because you've one of the biggest things that we needed to address this offseason was the the need for somebody who can come in and give us minutes at the backup four position. Because after Kevin Love exited, you know, via the buyout, we really struggled to fill that void. We thought Dean Wade was going to be able to do it last season. That's another guy that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, looked very, very good. Uh, but Dean obviously suffered from the AC joint sprain, and it bothered him up to the playoffs. It basically rendered him uh, unplayable, right? He just didn't look right. And that has obviously not been the case thus far into the preseason. He looks phenomenal out there. Uh, he looks fully healthy. Uh, so he could factor in there somewhere, but – the point is we need it to go out and address the backup four position. And George's Niang does that. And not only does he do that, the motherfucker can hit the three ball at a very high clip, like five straight seasons of uh, 40 plus percent from beyond the arc. That is something that is going to pay dividends in, in, in terms of the spacing here, in terms of getting guys open lanes to the court uh, you know, open lanes to the basket, rather, especially when you're talking about second unit players like Isaac Okoro, who is going to thrive with the additional spacing. Um, and I think a lot of people still don't understand that concept. It's it's not just about the the ability to knock down three ball um, or rather it's not just the ability to take those attempts, which we know. Uh, both he and Struess can do, but it's the threat of that three-point bomb being dropped on your head. You don't want that, right? So you're going to have to account for him. You're going to have to put somebody out there, and that is going to open the paint up. That's going to make it so that guys will have direct lanes to cut to the basket, whether that's backdoor, uh, whether that's in transition. Or if you guys saw the feed that Donovan Mitchell, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the spider had to, to Darius Garland when he just cut cut right to the basket and the defense is just not paying attention and you'll just see how much that spacing over the course of this season just looks much more improved and we know Struess is obviously getting all the love in regards to that but not enough in my opinion is being made of how much just how much that George's Niang addition will improve the spacing of this team 
Uh, Niang tonight, six points uh, in 18 minutes, but two of five from three-point range. And just being able to be a consistent threat out there and, and give you real minutes at that backup four spot, that is valuable as shit. That is very valuable to me. Um, and then again, you know, to, to, to go back to Dean Wade, Dean, after, after suffering through that injury last season, there were a lot of question marks on whether or not he would actually be able to be impactful, uh, you know, coming into the 2023, 24 season, because there were just so many more mouths to feed ahead of him. Um, and that could be the case. We could very well face a reality in which Dean Wade is not included in the day one rotation. Is that a bad thing? No, it is not a bad thing at all. It means you have more depth. And that is something the Cavs absolutely did not have last year. Um, you know, last offseason, we're we're celebrating the additions of Robin Lopez and Hal Neto. Uh, you know, we're hyped about that. We're, we're real, we're real, really praising that those signings from Kobe. But really, in reality, what those were were just in the bench guys. Like they were. They were never really going to give us uh, on court. You know, they were never really going to give us on court stuff. As you guys hear the uh, conference in the background, still got the game open. But yeah, they were never going to give us real on court contributions unless really called upon because of injury or we're having a blowout, some shit like that. This year, the additions that we made in this offseason, they will actually play big roles on the court. Max is going to go out there and drop some threes on you. George is going to go out there and drop some threes on you. Ty Jerome is going to be out, uh, be out there in that second unit conducting and orchestrating the offense, and he can also drop three balls on you. Uh, and, you know, Damian Jones, who, who looked really good uh, the other day, didn't really get a lot of run tonight, actually didn't score tonight. Uh, one field goal attempt. <laughs> um, I don't know how I view that. You know, it's not – it could just be a microcosm of the game itself, you know, 11 minutes and just not truly being involved in the offense. I'm not going to put a lot into that uh, because what I saw in game one was him being very active, him getting to the basket him cutting him being able to rebound. Um, so I don't put a lot of stock in that, but the additions, I say all that to say the additions that were made this off season, they can all actually contribute. You can really feel comfortable about this second unit. You don't have to feel like, well, man, the Cavs really only have six to seven guys that they can turn to. Because while that was the case last year, that is not remotely going to be the case this year. We're we're really looking at things, uh, you know, and it very much looking up. You don't have to worry about the starters playing 38, 39 minutes per game in the regular season. You can look forward to them being able to actually get some rest out there. And I think that's going to be key because in the past couple of seasons, we've seen JB have to ride these guys into the ground in the regular season, uh, almost Tom Thibodeauian, uh, you know, and you don't really want that to happen because you know how much that wear and tear can really add up come the postseason. And I think that was another aspect that people are neglecting in that and how much the, you know, how much the wear and tear actually did to our stars out there, especially the guards uh, having to pull most of the load last season. You don't really have to feel that way anymore. And, and and that is great, man. That's that's a great feeling. You don't really uh, – when you look down here, the Cavs could easily go 
you know, 10, 11 deep. I'm not joking when I say that. Will they do that? No. <laughs> uh, theoretically, it probably should be around, uh, you know, 9 or 10 to feel comfortable because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to keep confusing guys' roles. You don't want to give guys not enough time to really get into their elements. So I'd like to see them nail down a consistent rotation, but you could really easily go 10 or 11 deep. That's where I, that's how good I feel about this team. And, uh, you know, it starts at the top and, you know, we'll go with the starting lineup here, obviously. And I found this very odd, um, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, yes, tune in, uh, points out rhythm. You want to allow them to get into a rhythm, so you want to give them consistent minutes. That's going to be highly important. Uh, but starting at the top here, Donovan Mitchell, um, him and Darius Garland kind of flip-flopped uh, their level of play. And, you know, game one, Darius Garland was off being like, I believe it was one of ten from the field in uh, against Atlanta tonight it was Donovan Mitchell who was three of 14 and two of eight from three-point range against the Orlando Magic Um, just his shot just looked off and just as I said uh, with Darius against the Hawks I don't really take a lot of stock at that I think a lot of this is guys really just trying to get acclimated with one another. Um, and there's different looks here. And back-to-back nights, JB has given us a different starting unit. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you're a Cavs fan and you're freaking out about that uh, and, and, and acting like, well, why is JB tinkering? Well, this is the time to do it. <laughs> like, this is the time to experiment with these lineups, especially when you don't have Jared Allen, you can really see like, um, you know, and against Atlanta, you got to see what playing a small ball lineup with Evan Mobley at the five and Max Struess at the four, how much that opens up the floor. And we already know, like people have been clamoring for, uh, f- for Evan Mobley to play more minutes at the five. You get to she- see shit like that in the preseason, especially when you don't have your one of your starters available uh, in Jared Allen. Tonight was, you know, much the same. You, Damian Jones got the start tonight, so he 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 was out there alongside Evan Mobley and allowed Mobley to play his more natural position. So you're going to continue to see these odd-looking, funky lineups. But I just found it funny that Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland kind of flip-flopped their uh, their misgivings or shortcomings, rather. Uh, and speaking of Darius Garland, like right, he he came out with like with a point to prove. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. And, and, and taking a ton of shots in that first quarter alone, but he ended the, he ended the game with 19 points on uh, seven to 12 from the field, including three of six from three point range. And he, he really hit shots from all over. He hit him at the basket. He, he, he hit them from beyond the arc. He was able to pull up in the mid range area. Um, you really just love to see that and like to see him get in rhythm. Uh, and, and I just, I'm really hoping that during the regular season, because again, I'm not worried about this in the slightest, 
we saw it last preseason with with Garland and you know we saw it at times during the regular season where one of them was on and then one of them was off you don't want that to be like a recurring thing but it it still doesn't really worry me I think they'll figure it out and I think you know the good thing about this is now that one of them uh now when one of them is having an off night you can turn to somebody else right you have more options you have more versatility you have added spacing um you know you can give the ball to 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 Evan Mobley and allow him to kind of attack down low or at the elbow you can kick it out to Max Struess and let him drop threes on people uh you know there's just a lot of different avenues you can go here and I feel much better about this this season than I did coming into last season. Although I'm, you know, I, I feel I feel very very good, uh, and I felt very good last year. But I just I'm at a point right now where you can't tell me nothing because this Cavs team has just they they look really really good. The pace was there, and uh, in Atlanta, were against Atlanta rather, where they I believe were over 120 in the first quarter of their pace and things kind of slowed down in second through third and fourth quarters. But um, you can see how much the increased pace will impact players. uh, Really everybody down the roster, really you're, it's going to give guys more shot opportunities. It's going to give guys more opportunities in transition. It'll allow for more cuts and really it just plays to certain guys strengths. Like we have talked all the live long day about how, Guys like Isaac Okora will thrive in transition or thrive with the faster pace, rather. That has been the case through these two games. You can clearly see how much that increased pace just suits these guys. They can do this. And I'm, I'm glad that JB has turned to this style. And one of the things I was thinking about heading into this offseason was, hey, if JB actually had the – the opportunity to have some of these gunners out here, some of these guys who are actually threats to knock down the three ball. And you had some of this versatility um, last season. I wondered if the pace would have been quicker and I'm like, I'm about 90 to 95% certain that would have been the case. I think you would have saw a lot more different looks. I think you would have saw the pace increase. I think you would have seen guys thrive a little bit more. Um, And now that we actually have that, Good luck to the other teams. <laughs> Good luck to the other teams in trying to slow us down. Um, yes, yes, Tom. Uh, the Summer League Cavs are definitely legit. Amani and Craig Porter Jr., these guys look really, really good. And it's a shame that they're likely to start the season in the in the G League. And I say that, and it's not a bad thing because I feel like constantly when you tell somebody, hey, you're going to have to spend some time in the G League or, hey, this guy needs to season a little bit, um, it's taken as a slight or it's taken as disrespect. And I never understood that shit because it's like, hey, you have to look at it in a couple ways. One, where is this player going to get the most run? Right. Because that's what's most important for these players, like especially for guys like uh, Craig Porter Jr. and Amani. And, you know, to a lesser degree now, Isaiah Mobley, who has, again, looked good. Um, where are they going to get their, mes- their their most minutes? Where are they going to get the most run at? 
it's it's certainly not going to be at the NBA level because I have no doubt in my mind. Like if you converted the contract of one of those three players, sure they can give you uh, minutes in in um, they can give you minutes in spot starts or they can give you minutes when there's a blowout or something like that. But why would you want to waste the developmental window? Uh, that a guy could have by playing a, a heavy minutes in the in the G League with the charge um, rather than just having them do that. Like, why would you want them to sit on the bench? Is it just to say that they're in the NBA, that they're on an NBA roster? Or is it just because you feel like they have a legitimate opportunity? Because in my opinion, it, it doesn't matter right now how well Amani and Craig Porter Jr. and Isaiah Mobley play in this preseason. I think that uh, I think that they're facing an uphill battle either way to crack the rotation. It's just that solid, and that is not a bad thing. It is really not. It just means the future is really bright, right? It means that you have a lot of different options. And if you need to turn to one of them midseason or if you need to go out there and uh, make a change, you can. And uh, Drew, I want to say Kaxar, uh, sorry if I mispronounced that, but he says Amani should take Aquaro's minutes. I said it. Um, I don't agree with you, but I get it. Like Amani is very, very exciting. He obviously is a shooter, right? He's a gunner. He has confidence and you love that. And there is a place for that in the NBA. And I think that he will, he will be here. He will be here for a long time and he'll be here eventually. I just don't think it's going to be at the start of the season. And I'll tell you why I don't believe in that right now. And, and when I say I don't believe that I say, I mean that I don't believe that Amani should take a girl's minutes. One, Okoro still provides something that's very, very uh, valuable in terms of modern day NBA. And that's perimeter defense, right? Especially for guys who in a league that is so three heavy, you need guys who can go out there and defend the perimeter. Isaac does that at a very high level and is not respected enough. Um, Does that mean he's going to play high minutes every night? No, I think it's going to be sometimes determining it's going to be dependent upon what the Cavs need most. Do they need three-point shooting? Do they need a perimeter defense? It's really, excuse me, it's really dependent upon what they need. And Isaac, he's grown every single season as a three-point shooter himself, right? Uh, 29% his rookie season, 35% last year, 30, uh, 35% the season before last year, and then 36.3% this past season. That to me is steady growth. And I know the one caveat, the one thing that people point to is, hey, well, Isaac's not taking a ton of shots from three-point range. Just the volume doesn't suggest that there's actual progression. Well, consider this. I want you to consider this if this is uh, if that's your thought process. One, Isaac took over 200 plus threes in his rookie season, yet I believe hit just 62, and he only converted on 29% of them. Last season, Isaac hit uh, 62 threes, but he hit them at a 35%, uh, 36.3% clip. That is higher efficiency. I don't like what, however you slice it, however you slice it, that's higher efficiency, my friends. 
Um, the volume may still not be there, but he is still dropping that three-point shot at a higher rate. And I think having the added spacing will allow him to focus on cutting to the basket more. So I think you'll see that area of his game improve. If the pace has increased, you'll see him attack uh, in transition more. You'll see him get those opportunities. And to me, I think that he's going to continue to evolve. Like the kid is 22 years old. That's literally... I, I want to say Craig Porter Jr. is actually a little a little older than him. I could be not mistaken, but we're talking about a 22-year-old who is, you know, still barely scratching the surface of his potential. Um, he only played one season. Kid played one season in college and was drafted in a very, very odd draft during the pandemic where there was not enough scouting available. So I think he'll eventually get it together. I think that... He'll eventually be looked at if he's not already as a two guard, you know, kind of a combo guard. He's not a true three, but he can give you minutes there, obviously. He's been miscast in that role. And I think with the players that we have on the roster now, the versatility that we have now, I think you're going to see that help him a lot. But I I certainly I, I certainly disagree with you there, Drew. I think Isaac is going to be uh, you're going to see a much more improved Okoro this season. And I think that it, it would be a mistake at this current time to give Amani uh, Okoro's minutes, especially considering that uh, Amani still has defensive concerns. You saw them in the first game against Atlanta. There are still some questionable uh, positioning out there and some fouls that are perfectly rookie in, right? Like you, you, you see those types of things out of rookies. That's fine. But the defensive lapses are real. The 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 uh, contact issues are real with Amani. There are certain flaws that he has to work on, and I think that is what the G League is going to be able to help him with. Right? You're going to be able to get the minutes to work on those flaws, and I think that will eventually help him climb into uh, into a place within the rotation. It may not be uh, this year. It may be next year. Help. No time. You know, there, there, there's there's no pressure on him right now to do that. And that's the one thing that I think we all have to just understand. We don't need to put the same amount of pressure on him as we've put on some of these other lottery guys. He's in a perfect spot right now because he can sit and learn and improve his game. And he doesn't have to worry about the pressure of performing right away. And that's a great spot for a player like him who had question marks coming into the league. And, you know, I I really can't delve any deeper into it. I think that's really what it is. He just needs time. And we're all hype, right? We all want him to succeed. And um, I think that's where we – we got to kind of understand here. Like we 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 have it's a little bit more nuanced than just oh the kid can shoot so throw him out there. To me, it, it's it goes deeper than that. Uh, but obviously, Amani wasn't the only person to play out there. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, it's all good. I, we all want him to succeed, right? But we don't need to rush it. Um, but again, Amani was not the only person to play basketball tonight. We saw a lot. Uh, we re- we got to see more minutes from. Isaiah Mobley, who he, who's he's kind of in a rock and a hard place. He's kind of in the same position as Amani, where he's just kind of biding his time, right? Like he, we saw how much, and you talk about examples of what the G League can do to somebody's game. Look no further than Isaiah Mobley, who looks much more improved. You saw how well he conducted the offense. They basically ran a lot of the offense through Isaiah Mobley in summer league. 
And that was, that was, you know, compliments of the G League playing down in the charge with guys like Sam Merrill and Sharif Cooper. That's your that's a that's a perfect example right there. And I think that's consistently allowed him to improve to the point where if you need to call upon him eventually, you can do it. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to rush these guys. You have a ton of options. You got a ton of depth now. And that's a damn good spot for us to be in, guys. It, it really, really is. <laughs> um I, what more can I say, right? It's just it, it's a good time to be a Caps fan and um, I'm, I'm more and more excited for the season as the day goes on. We have about 13 days until the, uh, the, the regular season starts. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to going to my fair share of Cavs games this season. I don't know about you guys. I would love to meet some of you at Cavs games. I might have to figure something out here. But uh, it really is a good time to be a Cavs fan. Um, the future is very bright. Um, and I'll say this. Before I head out of here. And because this has been weighing heavy on my mind lately in regards to all the Donovan Mitchell shit, you know, that we've continuously heard. And I know that he didn't necessarily answer anybody's questions in regarding his future with the franchise. I'll say this. Even in the event that Donovan Mitchell doesn't resign with the Cavs, uh, you know, and I'll add that I believe he will. I believe that. Uh, that Donovan Mitchell ultimately extends in Cleveland and, and is going to be here for the long term. But in the event that he does not and the Cavs have to move off of him or he leaves in free agency, we still got a lot of talent here, man. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be good because in the window was never truly the, – the title contention window does not necessarily rest upon the shoulders of Donovan Mitchell. That's not the window we're looking at. The window we're looking at is – players like Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and, you know, these other talents that we have on the roster. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, as I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can at his Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive, it's Cavalier discord chat. You know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, drop a screenshot and email it to it's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com. And I'll send you an invite personally. That said, go Cavs and have a good night. <laughs>